Welcome to the Roz Project Overdrive, an extension of the Roz Project Live that airs every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, in audio and video on Facebook Live, Periscope, Twitch, LinkedIn Live, and YouTube. This is where we discuss no bullshit, 100% real, raw, and unfiltered life-changing advice on life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech and marketing. And my name is Ivan Temelkoff and I'm your host. And ladies and gentlemen, today is a milestone for this podcast. And today I am joined by the lovely Natsune Otsuki. Is that correct? Did I pronounce that correctly? My name is actually Natsune Oki. I go by Natsune Oki. Natsune Otsuki. Okay. Okay. I apologize. I understand how tough foreign names are. I have one too. Natsune, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And before we jump into chatting a little bit about your story, I want to share with the audience a little bit about your background. So you are the host of Life Up Education TV, the author of the book called The Game of Self-Domination, Managing Director of Virtual B2B Global Recruiting and International Project Management Service called Foreign Connect. After graduating high school, you went on to the U.S. and studied business and economics, also worked in multiple small and mid-sized tech startups uh, while you were a student where you realized your passion for entrepreneurship and your life mission to contribute in the progress of humanity. I love the word humanity. Then you worked as a digital marketer at a business churn key solutions company while finding your own clothing business, Billion Dollar Baby Story, now running the operations of Foreign Connect while helping companies who want to launch a business abroad, hire and manage work with local vendors by being their virtual B2B recruiter and international project manager. So, okay, that's that's a lengthy bio. And let's let's unpack this, okay? Let's start with... Let, let's go way, way back to your early days, to your childhood. Yeah. I'm curious to hear, how did you get into entrepreneurship? How did you get into business and economics? Can you take us back and tell us the early days, you know, where you've been, what you've seen, what drove you to what you're doing today? Yeah. So if I go back, like way back, right, like when I was still a student, even before the university, um, growing up in Japan, especially the experience was that I always felt like I could not win. I always felt like I was a loser. And the narration was that because I was different, I, I was interested in different things. I was, I was not afraid of like expressing who I was, um, whether that be the appearance, whether that be person, personality, everything like that. In the culture where, like, for example, if you're in a classroom, Mm -hmm. teacher would be like don't ask me any question if your question is stupid right so when a student want to ask question like there's this little hesitation from the student side because when we get the question wrong like the answer uh, well the reaction to that is not encouraging the reaction to that is right. like oh how stupid are you right so that little bit of story already tells you like the dynamic of Japan, like the Japanese culture. Wow. So it was really strong that you being different was very, so to speak, like taboo thing. And on top of it, I grew up in a countryside. So that just made it whole thing, like whole more difficult for me to navigate through. So 
given all that, I always felt like I was different and um, I just didn't know where I belong. So uh, I knew that I had to go out of the country to uh, really see the world bigger than, you know, what sure. I knew at that time. So that's when, uh, that's when I decided to go to the United States. I didn't speak English at the time. Um, really, I didn't have any friends, no one, but I just decided to go by myself and just moved. And then I thought I would just figure everything out from there. Um, and I decided to study business. And that's when I kind of like started noticing the difference in even school system, the difference in like how students are taught, like how people dresses and everything like that. Like it just felt more natural to me. It sure. just came more natural to me. And I felt like, wow, this is great. Um, and then I, I got more and more into this thinking of like American dream, like let's, you know, pursue something bigger because, you know, when we speak about humbleness, uh, which I'm really big on, like, I'm, I think I consider myself definitely a humble person. And part of it comes from the fact that I grew up in Japan, but yeah. the definition of humble in Japan, it's kind of like, oh, you're nobody, you're nothing. Therefore you shouldn't even try. Like you should feel ashamed wow. of like wanting to try something. But in America, if I put the humbleness uh, in American framework, right. my interpretation can be like, I'm no one. Therefore, in order for me to achieve something, I want to work extra hard. I want to outwork everyone to achieve something that I want to achieve. Right. So I really like that mindset. So combining with like Eastern kind of like, you know, humble attitude, combining that with like American dream, like more Westerner, like thinking of like achieving for the dream. Right. So that's that really tickled me when I first met entrepreneurship in America. And from there, I was just kind of like, oh, I'm all in. Like, I'm all right. about inspiration. I'm all about, like, chasing my dream. I'm all about, like, um, not being pessimistic, but always want to stay optimistic and realist also at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of how I shaped my personality in an early age. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, you were sharing your story. I wanted to allude to that because... Uh, I'm, an, I'm an immigrant, so I was born in Bulgaria and uh, immigrated at a very young age to the United States 26 years ago. You know, I was 14 years old at the time. And um, as you were kind of sharing about your journey, you know, I could totally relate to that because um, you were talking about the humbleness. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a former communist country where, mm -hmm. like you said, you know, hum being humble in a former communist country meant, you know, you don't mean shit. You can't make a difference. Yeah. You're worthless piece of crap, basically. And so uh, in the United States, there's a reason they call it, you know, the, the free world is because literally if you have an idea and you've got intent, you can bring it to fruition as long as you're willing to work for it. And so uh, when you were talking about kind of how entrepreneurship, you know, came about, I think it was always in your DNA. And it's because you knew that you had more to offer to the world to create impact, which by the way, impact is one of the core values of my business as well, because I think impact is key. If we're not creating impact as human beings to the world, we are in fact slowly becoming stagnant and dying because we need impact. We need to create impact. We need to infuse change. We need to infuse innovation and disruption. So entrepreneurship is really that. Entrepreneurship is taking risks, 
taking sacrifices, mm-hmm. you know, gambles, a lot of gambles. Yeah. Oh my God. The list of gambles and risks and sacrifices that I've made, it stretches around the block, but entrepreneurship <laughs> is not, it's not favored because in entrepreneurship and, and I want to talk more about the Japanese culture and entrepreneurship with you in just a minute, but because it's a very, so in the United States, entrepreneurship is, is needed because small business is the backbone of the economy. Without small business, the economy would crumble. So small businesses need to exist because they create jobs. And especially in 2020, with this big pandemic that's taken the entire world, we needed entrepreneurship more than ever because big business was dying. And so, but here's what happens with entrepreneurship is most people see you struggling, right? You're struggling, Mm -hmm. you're not making it, you know, you're not making enough money, you know, and, you know, most people don't resonate with that because it's kind of like the Titanic. Most people see what's at the surface, tip of the iceberg. They don't see what happens underneath. They don't don't see the long nights. They don't see the driving passion. They don't see the why and the purpose of, you know, why you do something and what's your hope for that. Mm -hmm. And, because people just really, you know, society really appeals to mediocrity. In fact, you just explained that, you know, that uh, in Japan, and I want to hear more about this, is that because of the culture, there's a very limiting mindset. And it's because it sounds like, you know, the government really just wants to control everything and not allowing the citizens to thrive and grow. So that's very challenging. I mean, that seems like uh, imagine living in a box right? That's really what it kind of feels like. So I would love to hear more about your thoughts. So at what point did you, I just wanted to elaborate upon that because, you know, I've been entrepreneurial probably all my life, at least going back to 14 years old, but I think it's a different kind of entrepreneurship. And I think that's in part, and I keep going back to this. There's a a Forbes or an Inca article that I keep going back to that you can find online that says that 40% of the fortune companies in the United States were started by immigrants or children of immigrants. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Google is one of them, you know, Larry and Sergey, they were from the former Soviet union, one of the biggest companies in the world, you know, um, uh, let's see. Uh, I think IBM was another one also, you know, there's like a list of all these big companies that most people don't know about. And that's because most people don't care to know about that. <laughs> it's right. not exciting, you know, but once you dig into it and you, and you find out, and it's because the immigrant mindset, if you follow guys like Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, they talk a lot about that. And that's yeah. why I like guys like Gary V is because he's an immigrant. Of course, he immigrated yeah. like eight years old, I believe. And he's in his forties now, or maybe close to 50, but it doesn't matter. It's the immigrant mentality that's completely different because we're hungry. And mm-hmm. I, so I think you're hungry. You're hungry for more. You're hungry for, for passion. You're hungry for mm-hmm. having something bigger in life and not settling mm-hmm. for less because the reality of things is what most people don't understand. And, and this was reminded to me last year because we had a death in the family is that, which was very unfortunate that, you know, we live only once, right? And the only person, the one person you get to live the most in your entire life is you. So if you think about that is, are you going to worry about other people's perception? Are you going to worry about, you know, living other people's lives? Why? 
to give other people instant gratification. And I think that's where entrepreneurship really comes in. It comes in because as long as you have a passion, you have an idea, you have a why of why you're doing it and a purpose, all you got to do is put in the time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your domain. It doesn't matter your geography, you know? So, uh, but I want to hear more from your standpoint. How, how do you think that there's a limiting culture in Japan, like from your experience that you think has limited you and how have you overcome those, those hurdles? Overcoming part is exactly what you say. Like I developed my mindset. Like when you are so obsessed with something, mm-hmm. it kind of like comes out of nature because you, you have to keep going no matter what, right? And right. when you're at the state, like nothing, everything drops. Like you are just so willing to find a way. And that, that, that's been my mindset. So that's kind of how I keep coming back to creating a nation that works for me, that empowers me, rather than like listening to their negativity, listening to their rejections and no's. Like, for example, when I get rejections now, I feel like, like I, I almost get a little bit happy. I feel like, right. like, you know, watch out, I'm coming for you, right? Like it's, it's kind of that like revenge almost kind of feeling. But anyway, so, so that's the answer to like how I overcame, how I, I have been overcoming those uh, little moments. Um, but um, in terms of like, why do I feel like there's a pressure and limiting beliefs around entrepreneurship in general, uh, in Japan, especially? Like I remember um, when I first started, like for example, I went to like this government supported a small startup group right and i did that in america too like i was interacting with people like that because of where i worked um and the people in there was just so different the attitude about entrepreneurship was so different it almost felt like in tokyo even though these people who work in entrepreneurial community right supported by government it almost felt like they didn't want any entrepreneurs to succeed (laughs) because like everybody's like oh you're gonna fail like that's not gonna work like and then like they're not even thinking about business development they're thinking about oh this is wrong this is wrong like perfect your product before even taking to someone and i was like dude like we gotta be like we we gotta um open like we, we don't have to like you know so basically the whole mindset around around this like advisory people was like right like just finding any spots possible in your business and pointing them out and saying like, this is not ready. You shouldn't even like try to go gain capital. You shouldn't just go try to even gain customer. You're you're not going to find anyone. You got to fix this. You got to fix that. So, you know, the attitude was completely different. When I was belonging to this community in Seattle, uh, people were like, we're going to figure something out. Like let's, let's, you know, Let's put our feet yeah. down and let's let's just figure out as we go, like kind of attitude. But in Japan, I guess in that sense, it's a lot more slower. And I guess it could be a little bit discouraging too. So one thing I want to mention as you were describing this, and thank you for alluding this, because I think the, the cultural aspect of entrepreneurship is a variable from country to country. And you just mentioned that. But I think you you're on the cusp of this huge opportunity to disrupt that culture, uh, that entrepreneurial culture in Japan. And that's something that I will be proud of uh, because 
Here's an example. So Tesla, Elon Musk, self-made billionaire, which, by the way, just surpassed uh, Jeff Bezos, who started Amazon by one billion. I think uh, Musk is now worth 166 billion and uh, Bezos is worth like 165 billion in terms of net worth. But here's the thing, you know, 20 years ago, uh, nobody thought that electric cars would exist. Right. Well, now Elon Musk's, you know, uh, other company, SpaceX, is actually the go to that builds rockets for NASA. So uh, what does that tell us? Right. It tells us that there's a necessity for disruption and innovation on a global scale. I don't give a shit what country you're in. It's in fact, in most other rural countries, it's far more necessary than Western worlds you know, or Western civilizations like the United States. But you also pointed something out that, that I wanted to, to, to allude to also is you talked about the difference between entrepreneurship in, in Tokyo and entrepreneurship in Seattle based on your experience. Yeah. Yes, optimism is key in entrepreneurship. You've got to be optimistic. In fact, you have to be the most optimistic when shit hits the fan. That's yeah. literally when you got to be the most optimistic and strategically focused. Now, in entrepreneurship, you don't have to have it perfect. You know, Google started in the yeah. garage. Literally. Exactly. It was two guys with a couple of computers. Yeah. The, one of the biggest brands in the world up there with Apple. That at, So three years ago, Apple actually had more cash on hand, cash, than the U.S. Federal Reserve. Imagine wow. how much money that is. That's in the That's billions. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. So the private sector, that's why the private sector is so uh, sacred and protected in the United States. And this is all stuff that I'm sharing that I've learned through my experiences with entrepreneurship and also working in the marketing space for 26 years. But I think you have a massive opportunity and I, I definitely was able to pinpoint your tenacity on Instagram specifically of how devoted you are. But I think one of the differentiating factors is, is the why. I think that's what people struggle with. And here's why is people buy on emotion, right? Mm -hmm. So when you create that emotion and connect the why, so wh why are you doing Life Up Education TV? Why? What, what's the reason behind it, right? Yeah. Uh, should I go, go on? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I have a little story that I often tell when people ask me, like, so I love dogs, right? I love, um, I just love dogs. If you go to my Instagram and Facebook, um, it's all about dogs, like all about that mm -hmm. dog life. But anyway, so, you know, I follow this channel on Facebook. I think it's called Doodoo or something, but basically this channel features abandoned dogs. And then they are like, when they first get rescued, um, by people like they're just so scared they're very scared very disappointed in human they're very um angry at human and you know all that right and right. i can have such an empathy for it but in this channel like each video kind of shows you the rehabilitation like period right like how dog literally changed from like super angry at human like hating human to like really becoming once again like a newborn puppy, like loving, caring, like, right. And right. that journey is so beautiful to me. Um, and why is it 
so beautiful. It's because even if how fucked up you get, like how beaten up you get by life, as long as you pour in a lot of unconditional love, pour in a lot of positivity, pour in a lot of like hope, inspiration. And I think the underlying is love because I think people and animals, all that for that matter, yeah, they give up on themselves when they can't love themselves, when they don't have unconditional love either from themselves or from other people. Right. Like when they have no reason to strive, that is when they can't love themselves. That is when they just don't know who the fuck cares about my life, right? right. And I think it comes back to it. Like I have all this other narration that I talk about uh, around the Life of Education TV of like why I'm building, how I'm building. But the underlying is I just want, because I want people to strive, which for a person who believes in free competition, I -hmm. think that's gonna make um, the best condition for humans to strive and for businesses and business owners uh, to create a better economy at the macro and better future for the humanity at the macro. But if I dissect it into like, so what is it that I can give to people so that they can strive in their own thing is I think it's the love, it's the hope, it's the inspiration, it's the positive positivity. I think that tell people like, look, no matter how beaten up you get, no matter how shit your situation may look, life is never over. And, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not giving up on you and you shouldn't, you know? So that's kind of like underlying message I'm trying to. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And actually, um, as you were talking about this, I wanted to uh, share a story with you though kind of relates to that so um when we immigrated to the united states uh, i was 14 years old and um, i didn't know any english in fact in a three-month period uh, all i did was i was cramming english into my head because i had to you know i was very young so when you're very young you you mm-hmm. comprehend things a lot quicker and so uh in three months learn the language kind of fast forward bullied all through high school you know i was the kid that you know long hair glasses you know uh, sat back at the bus kids would kick me you know they would punch me uh i sat by myself at lunch basically all of high school and you know it it did it really damaged my self-esteem and self-confidence for a long time probably for a period of 10 years i for a period of 10 years after high school And mind you, I'm someone who, you know, I dropped out of college because, you know, I just didn't find it interesting and then kind of went on my own path, which eventually, you know, last year was my business, you know, finally hitting over six figures in revenue after a lot of struggles. And so, but the reason I'm telling you this is, you know, being bullied all through high school is that I kind of had this mentality of being a people pleaser. And I think that's what most people are taught to be. In fact, uh, so the American education system, which a lot of people are criticizing, is that it has been outdated for decades, actually. I mean, it's still, you know, relevant to the times and it's making strides. But for the most part, it's very outdated. You know, the textbooks that are out there, as soon as they come out, they're outdated because the information you find on the Internet is far more relevant. It's real time. And that's just how the world operates. Right. And so. Uh, you know, I, I had this mentality of a people pleaser. Mind you, is that I'm the first actually in my family to kind of break the chain of entrepreneurship. 
talk 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 about breaking you know a pattern in in a family right and mm -hmm. so what happened is is there were a lot of repercussions and there still is you know why are you doing this you know there's no point of doing that just go get a regular job and just do the average things you know like the reality of things is in the united states 80 percent of americans work nine to five jobs and they're still broke but they keep working a regular job because they think that's the only thing that they should do because they either don't invest to learn more or they've been taught that they should do that. And that's literally what I did for a long time. It wasn't until six years ago when I started my digital agency after, you know, 20 years of like work a nine to five, make enough money. Why? Just so I can be fucking broke after I get paid. Literally. I didn't have any, any money to save. And then when my kids were born, so now I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, like how in the fuck am I going to support these kids on a salary that I'm broke after I get paid? Literally nothing to save. Paycheck is gone until last year. And mind you, I've been bankrupt. I had to move around many times. I've lost tens of thousands of dollars. I've done it. Trust me. I've been through a lot, but that's where, uh, that's where real entrepreneurs come in. Are you really fucking thick skinned? Show me. Don't tell me. Show me. Your actions are always louder than your words. And one thing that I admire about what you're doing that is literally a key component in entrepreneurship is just fucking show up every day. Literally. That's all you got to <laughs> do. And I'll tell you, I mean, this is kind of another story of why this is so important is so I guess it was about a year and a half ago. I was on like this rampage on LinkedIn where I was publishing one new video every day on LinkedIn. And it was things like, you know, I talk about my experiences. I mean, I've got 13 years experience in the agency world, working with a lot of fortune clients and doing digital strategies and things of that nature. Right. And, and I also talk about my, my life bullshit, you know, stuff that I went through as an immigrant. And so just like really just like vulnerability and sharing shit. Right. And I learned also a lot with like social video and technology and all of that because I'm 100% self-taught. I got my PhD from the School of Hard Knocks, believe it or not. And wow. so, but anyway, the LinkedIn story is for like four months, I'm just pushing one new video every day, every day, every day. And barely anybody's commenting. Most times nobody was commenting or even liking it until one day I get a message from Kristen. And Kristen's like, Ivan, I love your videos, man. You're, you're so fucking real. You know, like I've looked you up. I mean, I've seen your company's reviews, all five stars. I know you've taught at the university level, people smarter than you. Uh, in fact, the former CEO of Sprint uh, seven years ago, who was actually, I think still is, the dean of a local university, told me like how much potential I had. And mind you, I was mingling with people who had MBAs and PhDs way fucking smarter than me. So like getting this kind of a compliment from someone, it's like, dude, you just like boosted my intelligence. But anyway, the story of LinkedIn is what happened is after four months, crickets messages me, I get a meeting with one of the five partners of a healthcare startup. And over the next three months, I did $20,000 in revenue with them. I did a whole digital strategy, launched the podcast, like all kinds of stuff. But here's the point behind this is, if you're online and you're showing up, somebody's watching. There's always someone watching. In fact, if you think you have privacy, <laughs> you, you need to get educated again. Because as soon as you show up on the internet, first of all, you don't have any privacy. And mind you, I've been a, a victim of identity theft five times. So I know.
you know, my credit, my credit report has been gotten jacked up, uh, my name, all kinds of stuff. It hasn't really created like a massive impact to where like people stole money from my bank account, but I get like, you know, notifications that, oh, uh, your information was leaked on the dark net. Like what the fuck, you know? So the point I'm trying to make is that I love the tenacity and the passion that you bring. And I think you should totally keep doing that because what people don't understand is in entrepreneurship is that most people get into entrepreneurship for wrong reasons. You know, they got fired from a job and they want to start a business and make money, but that's not enough. Where's your burning desire? Where's the fire? What are you going to get up for every single day and say, you know what? That's why I'm doing it. Well, for me, it's my family. It's my kids. That's why I do it. But that's my why. That's why I've built my business. That's why I've created these core values is because of them. Because they deserve it. They, 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 want, they need to have a brighter future, more opportunities than I ever had. But that's me. And so when you share that story, right, it really resonates with people. And so that's what I, that's what I love about, well, I love your passion and tenacity. And I think you need to share more of your story of like why you're doing it. Because more and more, you'll find more and more people relate to that. I guarantee you in Japan, there's a lot of people who feel stuck. I yeah. guarantee it. A lot of people who feel stuck and they feel like they have no resort. You want to know why? It's because they've been brainwashed like the fucking matrix. They've been brainwashed and they think they have no other choices. So you are the light in the dark tunnel. It's that simple. So um, I want to kind of shift the convo a little bit more to, I want to talk about uh, foreign connect. I believe it was. Um, mm -hmm. I would, I would love to learn more about that. Uh, if you could share a little bit about what is foreign connect and yeah. you know, how do you work with people in different companies in that capacity? Yeah, well, it's a business agency. I started with a business agency and that's the service right now I offer, but mm -hmm. actually it's interesting you brought it up because I'm actually right now kind of pivoting. And, mm -hmm. and it's an idea idea phase of this new project that I'm really excited about getting on with Foreign Connect. But um, until now, I've been working with a lot of like D2C brands and just IT uh, tech companies because that's where I've been. But I really want to expand to real estate industry. What okay. I want to be doing is basically I want to find foreign investors well, from Japan who want to invest in America. And I can kind of like navigate through the whole process from like finding the property to closing the sales or closing the property. Um, and this is just an idea. So I can't really um, give every information, but basically I want to partner with a, like a regional investment centers who invest in government backed projects that develop cities in mm -hmm. America. And I want to connect foreign investors from Japan to those facilities so that they can invest to develop the cities in America. Um, and yeah, so there's another incentive, but that's kind of like how it works. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, the other thing actually I wanted to ask you is, so I would love to hear the story behind the billion dollar baby. That's another business of yours, right? Billion dollar baby story. Yeah. Yeah. The billion dollar Go ahead. I did close that shop right now. I'm going to open oh. it up definitely. But Foreign Connect, one of the things we do is basically promotion, expanding business. Like, so 
my my plan is I want to get back to it later on eventually, and then I just want to find the whole shop again, like from the scratch, the same name. Mm-hmm. I already have like a little bit of fan base, so I'm just gonna come back again, and then just start over again with Foreign Connect. But that's gonna come like okay. a little later. Okay. So what are the things that you're uh, focusing on, you know, this year in 2021, like between all the different things you have going on? Yeah. So this real estate idea is really exciting to me. Like I just got this idea actually a week ago, which is like super fresh. Right. And I've never worked in the real estate industry yet. Um, So this is like starting from scratch. And that's like the most exciting phase for me. Uh, I never really even had that idea. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I think it's not going to happen like this year, you know what I mean? But I'm going to like eventually develop more concepts into it, understand mm-hmm. what where my value prop is and really like building up to it. And I'm really excited for that. I think I'm going to slowly really want to entirely move to that direction mm-hmm. next like five years, something like that. Okay. I, and I didn't catch, I'm sorry, which industry did you say that you were going into with this idea? Oh, real estate. Real estate. Oh, real so estate. Big, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, real estate, like asset management, like that kind of direction. From now, I do like marketing, branding, like business expansion, promotion. Like these are the things that I offer with the business agency. Uh-huh. But I want to move into like real estate, like more direction, which is really exciting to me. Okay. Very cool. So how, how does Life Up Education TV fit into the real estate, foreign connect, is it interconnected somehow or like how does it operate? It's completely separate venture. Uh, Life Up is mm-hmm. a media. It's my passion. It's my purpose. It's what the message that I want to deliver to the world. I don't have any monetary motivation behind it. Uh, but, you know, this is one of the things I talk about in my book, actually. There's a concept called Ikigai, which is a philosophical term explaining what life should be or what life is in Japanese philosophy. And then in this philosophy, there's different circles uh, representing different needs. Mm -hmm. And one being passion, one being uh, mission, one being like things you're good at, things you can make money off, right? And in this Ikigai traditional concept teaches you to find the center point, like overcrossing everything. But my approach is slightly different coming from business background is like, diversify like diversify and put in a different bucket to understand what you're good at what can you make money with what is your passion and I think when you diversify your um, I guess income source or passion source um, in a different way like that I think it's actually more smart way to do so Uh, so that's what I'm doing right now it's like I one hand I have things that I'm good at one hand, I have a things that I can make money of. And another thing, I have a things that I feel very passionate about, um, things that I genuinely care about. So that's Life Up Education TV. Okay. Okay. So, so you've got obviously a lot of things that you're interested in and Life Up, you know, Life Up Education TV sounds like it's your passion, right? Yeah. So like, are there, is there one thing that you're really looking to focus on, like in 2021? Are you looking to bring all these ideas, you know, to, to fruition? Like, where's, I guess, where's the majority of your energy, you know, going this year? Or have you really even thought about that? No, I think right now, up until the point, what I've been doing is always like 50 50%, because I always, I, I feel really passionate about IFAP Education TV. But in terms of like, 
business, like that's Fording Connect. So I need to spend time on that as well. Um, so it's just going to continue like this this year. Um, and the United States is just the one project within the Fording Connect, everything else that I do. But Fording Connect, uh, sorry, the United States projects is something that I just got the idea with like mm-hmm. a week ago. So I'm just extra really excited to do business for that direction. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I know I've been following for just a little while, you know, and I appreciate you reaching out to me. Uh, uh, it was amazing hearing, you know, your story and, and how all, all of this got started. I'm, you know, congratulations on everything. It sounds like you got a lot of things in the works. Uh, but uh, I know you had a book that you wrote also. If you could spend a couple of minutes just talking about that. And I think you mentioned also potentially giving away some copies to some listeners. I'd be more than happy to share that. Uh, so yeah. it was the game of self self domination self-domination that that's what it was the game of self-domination can you give us yeah. kind of like a couple minutes a synopsis of what the book is about and you know how can it help entrepreneurs yeah so this book is really for everyone it doesn't have to be entrepreneur but really for everyone there are two types of types of people that i don't recommend to get this book for one one person is someone who uh, wants to stay reasonable, someone who likes to stay stable. And that's mm-hmm. okay. By all means, that's okay. And the second type of people that I don't recommend is someone who's looking for the quick solution. Like they want right. to get rich, you know, center. Get rich quick. I mean, it might be possible that it's just not my approach, right? Sure. So um, people who are ready to like put in the work, people who are ready to like really get happiness, like really understand the value of happiness understand the value of work understand mm-hmm. the value of hard work like you know so th- these kind of people can definitely resonate with my book um so in terms of like the overview of it is i talk about how can we create mental commitment um or mental transformation sorry mental transformation in three different phases the first phase i talk about is fuck logic like it's all about emotion you gotta have like super intense emotion enough emotion to the point where even if something doesn't make sense, you just like want to go for it. Like that's the level of commitment you want to make. And then the second phase, I start talking about how one can attain perseverance because emotion doesn't get you through everything right now. It comes with like logical thinking. Now you have to understand what dejection means. Now you have to understand how to deal with failures. You have to understand the importance of self-talk. You have to understand like all that jazz. And then the second phase, uh, sorry, the third phase, finally, I talk about like what is happiness because in the first two phase, we came from a journey, right. but in reality, like everything we talked about really focused on what do you want to achieve? What do you want to do? But in the end of the day, like nothing you achieve, nothing you get, nothing, n- none will make you happy ultimately like it, it's got to start from here. Like it's got to always start from like your willingness. Um, but in the third phase, basically I kind of like uh, lay out different messages to deliver that message. Okay. Um, but this cool. was super short. I have a, actually um, one video, it's seven minutes long, but on my YouTube that exactly describes each chapter. So you both, okay. if you're interested, you can. Because awesome. there's, oh, sorry. I, I'm just going to, We'll show sure. one more thing because there's a lot of different um like really like practical steps and pra- practical uh tips that i included some of them also come from like very business thinking like yep. for instance i included 
five different business strategies that you can use in life, life strategy. One first one comes from Italian engineer. The second one comes from global consulting firm. The third one comes from Toyota Ding manufacturing system. And then the fourth one comes from a British economist, uh, David Ricardo. Uh, the fifth one comes from um, US president, not not now, current one, but the 34th right. US president. Uh, but these people, each of them had different theories and the idea that they were implementing into their business to create efficiency, more effectiveness, more organization in life. So basically I created this framework that you can use. It's a scoring system mm-hmm. um, that you can apply to organize your life. And basically what I want you to extract from this is that thinking, uh, that exercise mm-hmm. hopefully boosts up your capability in more organization, more effectiveness, more uh, efficiency. Okay. Well, um- I want to say thank you for the amazing conversation and just being respectful of your time too. But before we sign off on the episode here, uh, can you throw out some social handles? You know, how can people connect with you? You know, uh, anything that to learn more about life up education, connect with you, uh, feel free to share those. Yeah. Thank you. So my handle is life up education TV. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn and did I say Facebook? Yeah. Twitter links and TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Uh, yeah, you know, I noticed on your website you were you were pretty big into TikTok. So I'm like, when yeah. is TikTok gonna come out? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also YouTube. You can find me mm-hmm. on YouTube, uh, Life Up Education TV. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's where you can find me. And also my name is Natsune Oki. The book again, once again, the name is The Game of Self Domination. Awesome. Well, Natsunta, thank you so much. I really appreciated the conversation and uh, congratulations on everything. I'm excited for you and the things that you're going to be working on in 2021. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me.